Well, it's a fourth straight loss for your Pittsburgh Penguins. They lose four to three in overtime to pick up a point. Um, All-star break, I think, could not come at a better time for this team. I have a full game recap coming up for you all right after this drop. You're locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, welcome to this Tuesday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins Podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So the Penguins, they fall four to three tonight to the Washington Capitals. That is their fourth straight loss. Um, I know I said on Sunday, I was pretty frustrated after the Kings game because, you know, I thought the Penguins could have gotten at least a point out of that. Um, The Penguins definitely, I think, deserve two points tonight. Um, I'll start right there. They thoroughly dominated the Capitals all game long. Um, It's a shame that they lost that game. Um, they outshot them 25 to 5 in <clears throat> excuse me in the um second period. Um they had 62% of the shot attempts at 5v5. They had 62% of the scoring chances at 5v5, 2.29 expected goals for or 61.4% of the expected goals. Uh if we go to all situations, 60% of the shot attempts for the penguins, 60% of the scoring chances, 61% of the high danger chances. 59% of the expected goals for all situations and 40% for Washington. Um, you know, I've said it so many times, both on this pod and on my social media, if the, for those that are not on there, this is the devil's sport because stuff like this happens on a nightly basis. You will always see teams that beat other teams that don't deserve it. And tonight you saw, you know, the Penguins were outskating the Capitals virtually that entire contest, but the reason why they lost, well, Poor defensive play. Tristan Jari, again, had a little bit of an off night. It's not the same, but you know what? He has a week off. He'll be fine. And they weren't finishing their chances at 5v5. And Leah Samsonov was really good at the other end. That's the, the, Those are the main reasons, I think, why they lost this game. And, you no, know, again, you know, it's a bad loss any way you cut it. you got to find a way to get two points out of this. I know it, sting, it stings that um, they've lost four in a row, but they also, in the, out of eight points, they've gotten three. Um, out of, out of eight. So they're still gaining points along the way. Remember, they're still three points up on the Capitals right now, two points behind the Rangers going um, into the All-Star break. And their next, the Penguins' next game will be in Boston um, right after that. So that's going to be um, one heck of a welcome, uh, to say the least. The Bruins are playing really well this year. <clears throat> and the Penguins have also not won in Boston in, what, eight or nine years. So that should be fun. We'll, 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 we'll get to that game a lot later on. Um, in the week and probably next week, but you no, know, for this one, you know, another thing I, I do have to, I have to say it. Um, <clears throat> I don't really know why Mike Sullivan decided to ice Kasperi Kapanen in the, uh, in the overtime. Um, this is a player right now. If he's not on your nerves, uh, I, I don't know what, uh, what people are watching to say the least. Um, he is just gr- definitely grinding my gears and a whole lot of people on uh, social media. Um, he, I think he cost them the game in that overtime. I know Sidney Crosby is to blame a little bit. He didn't play um, that Orlov goal the best. You know, it happens to him, whatever. But what Kapanen did was pretty much a joke. 
So the Peng- for everyone that watched or that did not watch, if you're tuning in and didn't watch, you're gonna, I'm going to break this down, down for you. Penguins have the puck a minute 30 left in overtime. Kapanen has the puck at the top of the point. No pressure by him. None at all. There's No one's coming towards him. For some reason, instead of retreating and taking the puck back, you know, resetting like the Penguins have been doing a lot in three-on-three this season, even though they've struggled quite a bit, for some reason, I don't know why, he decides to fire it. It goes off a capital, and then they're back the other way. They score 45 seconds later because they, they, they've had all that zone time, and the Penguins don't touch the puck again after that. And it's just like, why are you firing the puck when there was no pressure around you? I mean, I think that speaks of a player that does not have any confidence right now. And I understand that he's been flip-flopped a lot with lines. You know, he only played eight minutes last game because Mike Sullivan's going to be getting a little pissed off. But, I mean, it, it still speaks volumes that he can't even do the simple plays right now. Forget scoring. I mean, sure, he puts up some goals here and there, but he can't even make, like, the little plays right. And it's just... it. It boggles my mind at this point for how bad he's playing. I'm going to say this right now as well. I don't think he needs, I don't think he can be on the team past this summer. I mean, I'd potentially entertain trading him at the deadline if they can get some immediate help. I'm not really sure how that's going to go over um, with Ron Hextall and see if other GMs would want him. But I think if you were to trade him at this point, you would not see a lot of fans upset about it. And you know, last season, you know, you had some people in the fan base saying, you know, I, I would beware with him because he had a very high shooting percentage, and that was the reason why he was so good. Remember, 10, what was it, you know, 10, 12 goals, 30 points in 40 games, almost point-per-game production, but his underlying numbers were pretty bad. This season, you know, it's flipped a little bit. His, his underlying numbers are pretty decent, but he's not putting the puck in the net and has lost all of his confidence, and this is the kind of player that you get. I mean, it's just... I mean, every time, again tonight, I noticed multiple times that he comes into the zone with so much speed, stops on a dime, and then gives the puck away or tries to force a pass. And it's just like, buddy, I mean, use your speed to your advantage there and, and, and take make the right and simple play. He just has not been doing that all season. And it, it's costing the team like it did tonight against Washington. So, I mean... I don't really know what else to say. Um, I think at this point, I've really just nailed it down with that. Uh, I'm not really going to blame Tristan for that goal. That's just a hell of a shot from Dimitri Orlov. Kudos to him. Put it in the only place where he could beat Tristan. And, you know, the Capitals go home with the extra point. But, I mean, it, it was the game was looked like it was going to a shootout there. If Kapanen hadn't done that, you know, who knows what happens. So, um, I think that's that on that. You know, Sid had a, a glorious opportunity just a couple minutes uh, before, had a little mini breakaway, actually did a little bit of a deke, uh, forehand, backhand, just missed Samson up. He tried to tuck it in right past his pad, goes off the pipe a little bit, but also he had a nice, beautiful toe save there by Samson. I mean, he was just on one tonight with how um, spect- spectacular save after spectacular save. Um, it was ridiculous with how he was playing. Um, he, I think, you know, he more than anyone willed Washington um, to that win. Um, you know, again, overall, I really liked this team's performance. This was probably their best forecheck and I would say, a week. I even noted to myself, you know, and on social media when I was watching the game, the Penguins were passing, you know, Jesse Marshall's forecheck vibe. You know, you watch the opening five minutes. You usually know how the game is going to go, <clears throat> excuse me, with how the team is playing after the first five minutes. This one, you know, it was probably in that, you know, one to five percent 
uh, range that they lost, but they were forechecking with authority and that kept up all game long. So um, it, it's unfortunate to say the least, but again, you know, at the end of the day, they got a point. And I also have to say this as well. I think the all-star break has come in a perfect time for this team. You know, sure, they're 0-1-3 in their last four games. I get it. It's not good. No one likes to be on a losing streak. This is the first time they've lost four in a row in a couple of months. They've been one of the best teams in hockey. I understand. But with how much hockey they have played during that time, most of these guys need a week off, and I'm sure they're going to say that to the media at the at, at, um, during the post-game press conferences. So um, I, I, while I understand that losing is not fun, I see a little bit of a silver lining. With you know, they've gotten a few points. They're still top three in the Metro. They have a 16 point cushion on the Detroit Red Wings right now for that. Um, well, they, 16 point cushion from being outside of the playoff picture, um, I should say. And you know, that's a lot to make up. And um, they have to play what th- 37 games, I-, I think, is what they have left. So th- they're fine. Uh, I- I'm not. I'm not going to really go deeper than that. You know, they need the break. They'll be rested up, and then they'll be ready to go against Boston um, next week, to say the least. So that wraps up this first segment of the Locked Up Penguins podcast. Coming up in the next one, we're going to go into how the power play has just been scorching hot lately. Uh, we're going to do a deep dive on Brian Rust and why they might actually have to keep him at this point, even though it's going to be really hard for the Penguins. I'll, get, I'll give you my thoughts on that. Also going to go into that weird goaltender interference call um, and a whole bunch of other um, stuff to come out of this game, including, you know, the officiating, I think, as a whole. Um, but first, BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pros and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, et cetera, et cetera. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. You're going to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter, LO, underscore Penguins. <clears throat> I don't really know what else to say about the power play at this point. Here is a stat for you all, though. I, I saw this during the broadcast, and now it's updated. The Penguins, since January 1st, they are tied for the lead league lead excuse me, with 16 power play goals with the Colorado Avalanche. That is just how good it has been since Evgeny Malkin came back. And is that a coincidence? No, it is not. He's one of the best players in hockey. Um, the puck movement tonight and just throughout that span has been magnificent. I mean, the, the, the one they scored tonight after Tom Wilson's stupid stupidity there by hitting Malkin um, resulted in that goal was just hilarious. Um, but the puck movement on there um, took the kick. You know, Sid had that amazing pass to Russ, you know, Gino was threading some, you know, beautiful saucer passes. The Tang was moving it really crisply outside of the shorthanded, you know, goal that they gave up. I'll get to that um, in just a sec. But, I mean, this is probably some of the best movement we have seen on the power play um, in quite a while. You know, their struggles from the early going, um, they, they are not there anymore. And, you know, the, the Penguins, they're making teams pay on the man advantage night in and night out. I mean, basically almost, you know, almost all of their goals tonight were scored on the man advantage. I mean, that, that, that's the crazy thing 
about it. You know, their five on five struggles have definitely been well documented, though I would also chalk that up to them just getting more unlucky because their shooting percentage has kind of cratered. They're getting the chances at 5v5. They're just not putting them in the back of the net. And, you know, that's the ebbs and flows of an 82 game season. I am sure it is going to regress as the season goes on. Anyways, back to my PowerPoint discussion. You know, and, and you know, th this unit is becoming, I think, a big problem for the rest of the league. The talent that they can put out there, you know, they're they're not trying to be like the Harlem Globetrotters, you know, by making all of these, you know, amazing plays. You know, they're sticking to the basics. They're passing the puck well. They're getting to the high danger areas, and they're converting in those areas. You know, the Capitals had no chance on their PK tonight, and the Penguins were just magnificent in that regard. You know, Brian Russ, you know, he had two goals. Thought he was going to have the HT numerous times, um, but you know Samson was a was a was a brick wall, and then Evgeny Malkin he was able to notch his fifth goal of the night. Just a really nice pass, I thought there um, from Gensel to Gino, who put it, it who put it excuse me um, short side pass Vitek Vanacek before he got hurt, um, and I'll get to that in just a second as well. But you know, just I, I'm loving what the power play is doing right now. Um, you know, they're they're not having any problems as well with the zone entries. That was, I think, a big problem uh, during the early portions of the season. You know, they were doing that drop pass, which wasn't really working. And you know, sure they still do it now, but they've been able to gain the zone just much more. I guess convincingly is the word that I'm looking for. And they've been able to set up shop right when they get in and they're not just dumping the puck in and praying that they're going to get there before one of the other uh, opposition skaters get there and then just clear the puck. You know, they're actually getting in, setting up, getting to the areas where they are aligned at, and then they're just moving the puck around flawlessly, putting, shooting the puck a lot more than they were early on in the season, getting to those high danger areas, and then they're just finishing it. So um, I'm loving what the man advantage is doing right now. Um, other areas tonight, uh, the goaltending interference call was probably the weirdest goaltender interference call I've ever seen. Um, Jed of Penguin Twitter, Jed Adaya, you know, shout out to him if you don't follow him on Penguin Twitter. He sent me this article from Down Goes Brown from The Athletic to basically explaining what goaltender interference and just... I mean, just just like a deep dive into you know what the, why the calls are made with these these certain ones. I read through that article from him, and I still have no idea how that one was called back. I really don't think Nick Dowd did anything there. I mean, sure, maybe he made a little bit of contact, but I don't think it really, you know, it didn't allow Jari to play his position. I still think he did. I mean, it was just a really weird call. Um, I think in general, if that happened to the Penguins. Uh, surely you all know I would probably, I would be livid about that. And I'm sure the entire fan base will be livid about that as well. So that was weird. I thought the officiating all night was kind of crappy, to be honest. They were just missing calls left and right. There were, I mean, there was one where Crosby got mowed down in front of the net. No call. I think it was Brian Jr. on Carl Hagelin. He gives him a massive whack and then he hooks him. There's no call there. Um, Jake Ensel is being called for some really soft penalties. You know, the same as being, you know, with Washington, with Garnett Hathaway and all that. It was just a really weird game for the officials. Um, I just don't think they knew what they were doing. They were kind of just, you know, making calls for the sake of making calls. And um, I, I'm not a fan of that kind of officiating. Um, you know, they were just, you know, if one team got penalized for something small, they were always looking to even it up with something even smaller. And it's just like, okay, if we're going to call penalties, let's call it right. You know, I mean, I, I don't need to see guys going to the box for barely even doing anything. And 
Um, thank goodness I was not listening to the Washington feed because apparently they were harping on that, you know, goaltender interference on call for basically the last 30 minutes of the broadcast. Look, I get it. You know, goaltending interference, no one knows what it is in NHL. The fact of the matter is this happens on a weekly basis at this point. A team gets screwed by a goaltender interference call. You know, actually, I mean, it even happened with the Rangers um, a few days ago where it looked like they scored a goal, but um, I believe it was Ryan Strom that pushed Cam Talbot's pad with about a couple seconds remaining, and they deemed, they, they said no goal because that was goal to interference. Rangers fans were acting like they all just got sent to the gulag or something like that. I mean, they, they were just mad online about it when that was clear goal to interference. But I get it, you know, these kind of calls happen. It stinks what it does, but you know what? It's over with. Get over it. You won the game. You know, I don't, I mean, even, even if they lost, I'm sure they would still be talking about it as well. You know, what are you going to do? You're going to harp on the officiating for, the, for until the end of time. I just don't see where that's good for anyone at least, but you know, again, I will say definitely not good officiating um, in this game from both sides tonight. Um, the penalty kill. I definitely think that it, that unit tonight was not at its best. Um, the, the one where they scored the, the power play goal and the Capitals have not had a good power play this year, despite, you know, they have a lot of talent, but you know, they were playing way too passive, I saw. I don't know if other people noticed that on the goal that Dmitry Orlov scored, you know, when he rushed in, it was only with about only about a couple seconds remaining on the power play. But before that, about 20 to 25 seconds before, the Penguins were playing so far back in front of the net, and it was just like, wait, this is not a five-on-three. Put some more pressure up there. I think Brian Boyle, because he's usually in that wedge plus one spot, right, where he's causing all that havoc, and then the other three Penguin skaters are kind of making a triangle um, in front of Tristan Jari to make sure that the other players, you know, don't get to those high-danger areas, and, you know, they, they force, you know, the Capitals or whatever team to take shots from, you know, medium to low-danger areas. But, you know, the Capitals were getting a lot of really grade-A looks on that man advantage. And honestly, the second one as well, where it was like, I don't know what's going on here. It was almost like it was looking like last year's PK unit. Um, and they were lucky that the Capitals did not score two power play goals um, tonight, tonight, to say the least. Um, just did not like that at all. They were also missing quite a bit of clears. Uh, John Marino, again, just, you know, actually, I'm going to save some John Marino talk for um, – for the third segment, because um, at this point it's just, it's, it's getting old and tiring, but you know, I thought the team overall was just a little lazy getting the loose pucks on, on the man disadvantage. So um, they'll have that to clean up. I think a little bit um, going into and then coming out of the all-star break, but that'll wrap up the second segment of the locked on penguins podcast for Tuesday coming up in the last segment. We're going to go into John Marino um, and just, you know, what, what's been going on there with more struggles. And of course we're going to have a little bit of a discussion on Brian Rust as well. But before we do that, you can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why should you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store, chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are reliably low for every customer. You can go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solutions to your auto uh, part needs. Remember, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And you can write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, right below prices, all the parts of car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, LO underscore Penguins. 
So, you know, John Marino, again, just really not good in front of the net again. And, I mean, this is this is a problem that's continuing to get worse. I also think that the All-Star break will do a lot of good for him because um, this is this is probably the worst I've seen John Marino play for as long as he's been in NHL. And I know that's not long. It's only a few seasons. But, um, you know, you, you can't get any lower at this point. You know, on the Orlov goal, um, he's not playing his man there at all. I know, you know, the Capitals got that first chance, but, you know, Marino is not even trying to stop him from coming in and, and getting on the rebound. He's just sitting there and it's like, buddy, you, you got to play better defense there. You, you know, in the offensive zone, he has you know, a great A chance, it looks like, has the puck on his stick, flat out fans on it. It's just like, man, I mean, I, I know you're probably trying your best out there. I respect that, but it's just, it, it's not happening for you right now, man. Um, and, and it's really upsetting because, you know, Marcus Pedersen, his partner has been really freaking good this year. And, you know, Marino is not taking advantage of that. You know, I know he usually plays his best hockey next to Pedersen. And that was true last year when the underlying numbers supported that. But this year, you know, it's just, it's been anything but a good season for Marino on both ends of the rink. I hate when he comes into the zone and kind of just stops and, you know, flings it wherever. And then it's just basically a turnover. We need to see more out of him um, at this point. I don't know if that means deploying him better. Know, putting him in a better I don't know I don't know how you're gonna put him in a better position to see you know more defensive zone um draws I, I don't know um at this point but you know the coaching staff needs to figure it out and figure it out quick because you know he signed for six he signed for what another five more years at almost four and a half million per that contract can, could look dicey pretty freaking soon so I definitely want him to be figured out there um, Brian Rust, I mean, you know, another two goals tonight. This is ridiculous what we have been seeing from him this season, well over a point per game. Um, at this point, I think the Penguins are going to have to figure out a way to keep him. But, you know, thing what I've been saying is, how are you going to accomplish that? I understand Kasperi Kapanen is probably not going to be back next season, at least, you know, in my opinion, he should not be. That's some money right there. You already signed Jeff Carter. What's going to happen with Evan Rodriguez? Do you let him walk? See where I'm going now? What about Jason Zucker? That's five and a half million on your cap. Are you going to find a taker that will eat at least half of his salary? That might be easier said than done because, you know, some teams may look at him and, you know, they may see the talent, but they could say, oh, is like, is he not going to produce like he hasn't in Pittsburgh this season or, you know, in portions of last season where the puck was just not going in the net? I think it would probably be a little bit easier to trade him, you know, in comparison to like someone like Jack Johnson, because, you know, his value I think was even lower than Jason's, but I do think some teams are going to be scared just, you know, because of the contract situation. And rightfully so. He makes five and a half million for another year. You know, he's been in and out of the lineup this year. Last year, he wasn't scoring a lot. Um, you know, it, it, that trade is definitely looking like a bus when at the time, you know, it was looking pretty good just because with how, <clears throat> excuse me, with how great he was playing in Minnesota. That's probably where you get your cap room. If you can have another team, <clears throat> excuse me, take most of Zucker's contract, you get Kaplan off the books, and then whatever happens with Rodriguez happens, you probably will be able to sign Rust for, you know, uh, see, it, it's it's tough. You know, I was probably going to say probably, but will he sign five times six? I don't know. I think it might, this one, it might have to be five times seven. And are the Penguins comfortable giving him that kind of term and that AAV. And to the fans that are listening to this podcast, are you comfortable 
by giving a 30-year-old player who plays a very physical game, and I know produces very much, but he's on the wrong side of 30 at this point, are you comfortable giving him you know, almost Chris Letang money at this point with what Letang is making right now? That's that. That's my biggest question, and you know it's going to be a very challenging situation, I think, for Ron Hextall because I don't know what you do here. I mean, obviously, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, Chris Letang and Evgeny Malkin take precedence, and rightfully so. They're two of the best players to ever play for your franchise. But Brian Russ, with how great that he has been ever since coming up from Wilkesbury, you know, six years ago, I think he definitely needs to be kept. It's just, can the Penguins make it work money wise? I'm still a bit skeptical myself. That said, I would love for him to stay. Um, I think they hopefully can figure out a way to do it. It's a matter of, you know, how creative Ron Hextall and Brian Burke will get um, in that department. So those are my thoughts um, with the Brian Russ situation. I will say Chris Letang-wise before I end the show here. Uh, I've been noticing uh, this a little bit more throughout the last week or two. He needs to stop with these dumb cross-eyes passes, right? Um an opposing penalty killer is right at the blue line. They're going to intercept that every time, and that's exactly what Nick Dow did. He gets a breakaway, scores on Tristan Jari. That's not a pass you can make there. You got to either dump it in, you know, or just keep the puck, you know, or you know, attempt to make him move, dump it in. You can't go cross ice that guy. I know he's a very high risk player. That's who he always has been. He's going to make a lot of money on his next contract, whether it's here, hopefully, or um, for another team. But you know. Those errors definitely do add up. I'm sure Penguins Chronicles on social media is going to chronicle that because for some reason he has a vendetta against Crystal Tang. But otherwise, I thought he had played a pretty flawless game. Um, but and overall, just you know, the Penguins got unlucky tonight. That's that's how she blows. It's an 82 game season. There's going to be a lot of ebbs and flows. Yes, this team is going to win games moving forward. They're not going to go on. I don't think a knock on wood. I'll knock on wood to make sure hopefully this does not happen. Uh, God forbid they would go on a 13 game losing streak like the Philadelphia Flyers or something like that. But they were able to, they've able to get three out of eight points. That's still big. You know, they're keeping pace with some of the other teams. It's just a matter of getting back into the win column and being consistent because I really thought the team played a very sound game tonight. It was just that, you know, the mistakes that they made, like the Kings game, ended up in the back of their net, and they also were not finishing their chances. And, you know, the other goaltender, Analia Samsonov, um, stood on his head. But that will do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I have a couple of, of, you know, big surprises for, you know, later this week. Well, at least one big one. I have a special guest joining the show on Thursday. Um, despite no more games this week, you know, the grind does not stop. You know, we had 15,000 uh, downloads last month in January. That's the most all-time for this show. Can't thank all of you enough for continually downloading this podcast and listen to me blabber about this team for, you know, 25 to 30 minutes every weekday. You know, it, it warms my heart that everyone, uh, it warms my heart that, you know, a good chunk of people just love hearing what I have to say. And you, the, the listeners I'm talking to you all right now, you are the reason why I continually do this um, each and every day. So thank you all so much for listening to this one. We'll, I'll be back on Wednesday with another episode for the show. I'll talk to you all then.